0: Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got the groove on freedom like the good book says. it's a critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. You Seattle, Liberate your soul and mind. Liberate your soul and mind. The truth is waiting for you all to find, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all. This is What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, August 28th, 2011. We have another great show lined up for you here today on Oracle. We're going to be continuing our ongoing discussion of the principles of natural law and how this is the most occulted knowledge that exists and how the dominators, the occultists of this world, the dark occultists of this world do not want people to have or understand this wisdom. What I'll be doing today on the show is reading a little bit from the book known as the Kaibalion, which contains within it the general principles of natural law. Not natural law itself per se, but a general understanding of how natural law operates and goes into effect in the world through these principles. Okay? Later on, in the next coming weeks, we'll be looking specifically at how natural law actually works in our um, realm of operation. Through our thoughts, emotions, and actions, we'll be looking at what I call um, the uh, the um, effects of natural law. How basically the expressions, these expressions, work through our behaviors. So we'll look at that in coming weeks. But today, largely, what we're doing is we're going to look at the general principles of natural law in depth. Okay, and. I started telling people last week, not only is this the deepest occult wisdom that is known by the dominators of this world, they know this, and they try to keep this information from the people who they are enacting their control upon, and the way that they can continue to get away with that is people remain in ignorance of these general principles and how natural law actually works, its its manifestations, okay? So in order to overcome that we have to gain this knowledge we have to understand these are laws that are we did not set into operation the universe did creation did and in doing so we can make a conscious free will decision to live in harmony with these principles and laws and not um, contravene them and therefore create self-inflicted suffering for ourselves and as I said Once you start to talk about this, you're definitely over the target because this is what has been occulted from the eyes of the general population. This is what has been hidden. And so the ad hominem attacks I'm expecting because people don't want this information readily available. We'll pick this up on the other side and we'll start looking into the wisdom contained in the Kaibalion on natural law principles. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Okay, folks, we're back. I'm Mark Passio, and this is What on Earth is Happening. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the general principles of natural law. We're going to be reading excerpts from a tome of wisdom known as the Kaibaleon. And while it is a quite short book, I call it a tome because there is so much contained, so much information, knowledge and wisdom contained in the Kybalion that one could probably read it for the rest of their life and not take it all in. So, on the show today I'll be reading the introduction and the first two chapters of this book and it's a hermetic book which means that it comes from an ancient tradition and again people have asked me before on the show what tradition am I a member of what belief system do I subscribe to just because I'm reading a book from the hermetic tradition doesn't mean I consider myself a follower of hermeticism or a hermeticist per se I think this is part of the integral makeup. Of myself I take in wisdom from wherever it comes and take that into myself and then act upon it and that's what my tradition is for lack of a better term is it is an integral one that is based on wisdom it doesn't matter where that wisdom happens to come from because my consciousness is not in a box like followers of religions are See, followers of religion will be the first to attack anything, that if I read something that comes from Buddhism, like, let's say, the Eight Noble Truths, uh, the Four Noble Truths, I'm sorry, or the Eightfold Path of Buddhism, okay, uh, followers of Islam may attack that, or followers of Christianity may attack that, because they won't actually endeavor to listen to the wisdom contained in it, it's not in keeping with their dogma or their doctrine. Because that's all religion is. It's a system of control that has been set up to hold people back from a deep integral understanding of truth. Specifically of natural law. Because the understanding of natural law is what truly creates order. Not only understanding it but living within its boundaries. Because these are boundary conditions that the creator put into place for our betterment. It is not a prison system as some people seem to think when you talk about natural law. Gravity just exists. Nature put it there. It's not a prison system that things fall to the ground when they're released. You can think of it like that. Go right ahead. That doesn't make it the case. But it is the case that that law is in effect. So if you want to live in harmony with that law, don't go up to high places and leap off thinking that you're going to be free from it. You're not. You're bound by it. It's in effect. The end. Get as upset about it as you like. Somebody suggested to make some t-shirts with that phrase on it for the show. It's true, though. People want to rage against what is. That's really the only thing that's creating a lot of suffering here. And religion is one of those things that makes people rage against what is. They want things to conform to their belief system, and when it comes to natural laws, we've already said belief is irrelevant. What religionists... Are Doing is they're looking for someone to come and save them from themselves because they don't want to understand natural law. They want to remain in ignorance of it and think that they can prosper. And all that is is it, that equates to the abduction of personal the abdication of personal responsibility. They don't want the responsibility of truly expanding their consciousness and coming to an understanding of the laws that are inherent in nature. They somehow want to run away from that and yet think that good things will, will just magically happen to them or someone will come down and save them from themselves. When through their ignorance they've created the exact situation that they're in. See, I, I started the entire subject on natural law as the first and most important solution. We're not looking at the deep problem anymore. See, because you could talk about that until you're blue in the face and people will continue to want you to talk about that. They'll, they'll want you to continue to go on and on and on describing the cage that you're in. Let me describe the bars, the material that they're made of, the floor. Oh, I can describe my cell so well. But when someone with a lot of wisdom comes along to try to hand them the key to their prison cell, the ignorant will slap it out of their hands. Like they're accosting them with a weapon instead of attempting to graciously take it in their ignorance and in their darkness and say, maybe it is me that I need to improve. Maybe it is my understanding that I need to expand, my consciousness that I need to expand. And this is a key, this is a master key to do just that. No, they slap it out of the hand of the person who is attempting through love, through higher consciousness to come in and hand them the key to their own self. And that's because the house slave, the house slave loves it in their cage. They love it in their cage. They don't want to go anywhere. Because stepping outside of that little confine, that, that, that boundary of the mind, requires responsibility. And that, that's the last thing they want. It also requires maybe deep introspection and maybe even seeking knowledge and that might require reading God forbid God forbid so the ignorant always attempt to slap away the key right out of your hand that that you're attempting to give them and they'll come with ad hominem attacks and guess what that's okay let them because the truth is going to be spoken no matter what happens and it's going to exist no matter what happens Nobody coming with ad hominem attacks to anyone attempting to convey truth is going to change truth. That's why they'll always ignore the issue and take this, um, this uh, obfuscation method to try to derail the actual issue at hand and get people to focus on a person or an event. And they'll always say, oh, that doesn't come from my tradition, therefore it, it needs to be ignored. Limitation. That's what lack of consciousness is. That's what ignorance is. Refusing to look at what is right in front of us. And it's all based in the same thing, fear. Always based in fear. So let's start today looking at the principles of natural law in depth. And I'm going to start with the introduction to the book known as the Kaibalion. Okay, and we'll, we'll continue this through breaks because it'll, it'll probably take a few segments to get through this material. So bear with me through the breaks. The Kaibalion is written by three initiates. And of course this is because the number three is a sacred number. Three aspects to the consciousness. Okay. There's always three involved in everything. Thought, emotion, and action mother, father, child, father, son, spirit, etc. The Trinity is a very crucial concept in all occultism. Okay? It represents thesis, meeting antithesis to create synthesis. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Don't go anywhere. Okay folks, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, an introduction to the general principles of natural law through a book of wisdom from the hermetic tradition known as the Kybalion. Written by three initiates, and as I was saying before the break, this is symbolic. It represents... The three aspects of consciousness, thought, emotion, and action. It represents the three parts of the brain. It represents the uh, sacred trinity of father, son, spirit, or as it really should be, looked at father, mother, and child. The three steps of initiation, entering, passing, and mastering. Okay, You can go on and on. Three is a sacred number in just about every tradition out there every uh, tradition of wisdom out there. Also, seven is a sacred number. Seven chakras. Okay? Um, You have seven basic principles of natural law, etc. It's a sacred number in a lot of different traditions. So You put three and seven together, you have the ten. Okay? The ten sefirot of the Kabbalistic tree. All right? The one and the zero. the, The male and female archetypes coming together the chalice and the blade as it has been called okay the phallus and the womb etc all archetypes and that's why these numbers are chosen okay they're very significant symbolically and they correspond to many different things so we're going to look at the seven principles of of how natural law is actually created in the world today and we're going to do this by Again, looking at the introduction and the first two chapters of the Kybalion. And again, Kybalion, and they'll, they'll say in here that they don't even really know the origin of the term. It is my understanding that this basically means the essence of the spirit of light. The spirit or essence of those of the light. Of high level knowledge and wisdom. That's what this basically means, the spirit of that, the essence of that, okay? And that's really what this is. It's attempting to convey wisdom, ancient wisdom. And wisdom is something that if followed, if listened to and then incorporated into action, can create harmony and order. If it is ignored, chaos results. So, here we go the introduction to the Kybalion. We take great pleasure in presenting to the attention of students and investigators of the secret doctrines this little work based upon the world old hermetic teachings. There has been so little written upon this subject notwithstanding the countless references to the teachings in the many works upon occultism that the many earnest searchers after the arcane truths will doubtless welcome the appearance of the present volume the purpose of this work is not the enunciation of any special philosophy or doctrine but rather is to give the students a statement of the truth that will serve to reconcile the many bits of occult knowledge that they may have acquired but which are apparently opposed to each other and which often serve to discourage and disgust the beginner in the study. Our intent is not to erect a new temple of knowledge, but rather to place in the hands of the student a master key with which he may open the many inner doors in the temple of mystery through the main portals he has already entered. There is no portion of the occult teachings possessed by the world which have been so closely guarded as the fragments of hermetic teachings which have come down to us over the tens of centuries which have elapsed since the time of its great founder Hermes Trismegistus the quote scribe of the gods unquote who dwelt in old Egypt in the days when the present race of men was in its infancy Contemporary with Abraham and, if the legends be true, an instructor of that venerable sage, Hermes was and is the great central sun of occultism, whose rays have served to illuminate the countless teachings which have been promulgated since his time. All the fundamental and basic teachings embedded in the esoteric teachings of every race may be traced back to Hermes. Even the most ancient teachings of India undoubtedly have their roots in the original Hermetic teachings. From the lands from the land of the Ganges, many advanced occultists wandered to the land of Egypt and sat at the feet of the master. From him they obtained the master key which explained and reconciled their divergent views and thus the secret doctrine was firmly established from other lands also came the learned ones all of whom regarded Hermes as the master of masters and his influence was so great that in spite of the many wanderings from the path on the part of the centuries of teachers in these different lands there may still be found a certain basic resemblance and correspondence which underlies the many and often quite divergent theories entertained and taught By the occultists of these different lands today. The student of comparative religions will be able to perceive the influence of the Hermetic teachings in every religion worthy of the name now known to man, whether it be a dead religion or one in full vigor in our own lifetimes. There is always a certain correspondence in spite of the contradictory features and the hermetic teachings acts as the great reconciler. The life work of Hermes seems to have been in the direction of planting the great seed truth, which has grown and blossomed in so many strange forms, rather than to establish a school of philosophy which would dominate the world's thought. But nevertheless, the original truths taught by him have been kept intact in their original purity, ...by a few men in each age who, who, refusing great numbers of half-developed students and followers... ...followed the hermetic custom and reserved their truth for the few who were ready to comprehend and master it. From lip to ear, the truth has been handed down among the few. There have always been a few initiates in each generation in the various lands of the earth... Who kept alive the sacred flame of the hermetic teachings and such have always been willing to use their lamps to relight the lesser lamps of the outside world when the light of truth grew dim and clouded by reason of neglect and when the wicks became clogged with foreign matter there were always a few to tend faithfully to the altar of truth upon which was kept alight the perpetual lamp of wisdom these men devoted their lives to the labor of love which the poet has so well stated in his lines oh let the flame let not the flame die out cherished age after age in its dark cavern in its holy temples cherished fed by the pure ministers of love let not the flame die out these men have never sought popular approval nor numbers of followers. They are indifferent to these things, for they know how few there are in each generation who are ready for the truth and who would recognize it if it were presented to them. They reserve the strong meat for men while others furnish the milk for babes. They reserve their pearls of wisdom for the few elect who recognize their value and who wear them in their crowns instead of casting them before the materialistic vulgar swine who would trample them in the mud and mix them with their disgusting mental food it's a good place to leave it for now think on that during the break we'll be right back folks don't go anywhere you're listening to what on earth is happening We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Let's get right back into it. we were reading from the Kaibalion, An introduction to natural law principles. You can look at it as. And the writers of this little book were talking about how the principles of the Hermetic tradition over time have always been taught to people in small numbers because the vast bulk of humanity has not really been ready to receive these teachings because they're so calcified in ego. I agree with that. I personally don't agree with the extent that these teachings have been kept secret. I have my Viewpoint on the very many different reasons why that was done. One is because, let's face it, people killed people for even talking about this in the past. Okay? For talking about the wisdom that we're going to be explaining. Which is about the workings of nature. Okay? And two is because this tradition itself like all of the other mystery traditions, was basically taken over by people who were deeply in ego and then used as a weapon against people who they knew didn't have this knowledge. That's the case today. The dark occultists rule. And they rule because they've set up a power differential through a knowledge differential. That's it. Believe that or don't, that's how it is so let's get back to the reading these men have never sought popular approval nor numbers of followers they are indifferent to these things for they know how few there were in each generation who are ready for the truth or who would recognize it if it were presented to them they reserve the quote strong meat for men unquote while others furnish the quote milk for babes unquote They reserve their pearls of wisdom for the few elect who recognize their values and who would wear them in their crowns instead of casting them before the materialistic vulgar swine who would trample them in the mud and mix them with their disgusting mental food. But still these men have never forgotten or overlooked the original teachings of Hermes regarding the passing on of the words of truth. To those ready to receive it, which teaching is stated in the Kybalion as follows, quote, where fall the footsteps of the master, the ears of those ready for his teachings open wide. And again, quote, when the ears of the student are ready to hear, then cometh the lips to fill them with wisdom. But their customary attitude has always been strictly in accordance with the other hermetic aphorism, also in the Kybalion. Quote, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. There are those who have criticized this attitude of the hermeticists and who have claimed that they did not manifest the proper spirit in their policy of seclusion and reticence but a moment's glance back over the pages of history will show the wisdom of the masters who knew the folly of attempting to teach to the world that which it was neither ready or willing to receive. The Hermeticists have never sought to be martyrs and have instead sat silently aside with a pitying smile on their closed lips while the heathen raged noisily about them in their customary amusement of putting to death And torture the honest but misguided enthusiast who imagined that they could force upon a race of barbarians the truth capable of being understood only by the elect who had advanced along the path. And the spirit of persecution has not yet died out in the land. There are certain hermetic teachings which, if publicly promulgated, would bring down upon the teachers a great cry of scorn and revilement from the multitude who would again raise the cry of crucify, crucify. In this little work, we have endeavored to give you an idea of the fundamental teachings of the Kybalion, striving to give you the working principles, leaving you to apply them yourselves rather than attempting to work out the teachings in detail. If you are a true student, you will be able to work out and apply these principles. If not, then you must develop yourself into one, for otherwise the Hermetic teachings will be as words, words, words to you. So that's the introduction to the book and I'd like to comment on a few things. The first is the phrase, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. Yes, this may most certainly be true that in the past people have decided I'm not even going to bother to attempt to communicate deep spiritual truths to people who basically show a complete disregard for such things and are completely trapped in materialism. The, the problem is we never lived in a time that is as dangerous and critical as we do right now where not only are these people who are refusing to accept these spiritual insights and jewels of wisdom have basically grown in such numbers but, and, and they basically fill every continent, every land that there is on the earth. The, the earth is in complete, utter darkness. The problem is, it has gotten so systemic that it's to the point where we have become capable of destroying the earth. And these teachings along with it, at least here. Here. Of course, these teachings exist throughout the universe, but on this planet, we're at a time where the world is so dark that we could easily destroy this planet in our ignorance and mind control and complete disregard for natural law principles, disregard for the rights of others, disregard for the planet itself. So, I don't agree with the concept that these teachings should still be kept for the, quote, elect. This is separatist thinking. This is um, dualistic thinking. There is no elect. There are only people here who are suffering. And as I've said many times on the show, as one suffers, all suffer. So maybe in... The ego of some of these so-called adepts or masters, they didn't really fully weed that out. They They didn't really fully weed the ego out to the point where they understood this wisdom needs to be continuously spoken, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what it means for the person who's speaking it. I think you can only think that way if you're still a little too attached to the materialistic. I'm going to speak the truth regardless of what happens to my body. The end. Stop that. The idea is going to be out there. It's going to be seeded. That that part I do agree with. This is planting the great seed truth. That's what this is. But the part about keeping your your mouth closed to those who even don't want to hear it, absolutely not. I, I won't accept that. Maybe that makes me someone who, like they say, is in folly because you're wanting to bring the pearls before the swine. Well, I'm not the judge of that. I'm tasked with speaking it. That's it. Those who will receive it will receive it. Those who won't will continue to suffer. And unfortunately, they're still creating suffering for people who have received this wisdom and want to see it propagated to the ends of the earth because it's the only key that can get us out of the mess that we're in. It's the only key for the locks on all these doors, symbolically, that we've put in place. We've erected our own cage. We've put all the walls up. We've put all the doors up, all the bars up, and we've padlocked it and shut ourselves inside. And then we're going to pray to the gods to come and save us that we've invented. And that not even we've invented, that dark occultists have invented to keep us from actually doing something to break out of our own self-inflicted prison cells. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. On the other side of the break, I'll be reading Chapter 1 of the Kybalion, which begins the explanation of the Hermetic principles and the Hermetic philosophy in general. Stay with us. Hey, we're back on What on Earth Is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're looking at the little book of wisdom known as the Kaibalion, which explains a lot of the general principles of natural law. And if deeply understood, if deeply integrated into oneself, someone can radically change their entire worldview through this philosophy okay and you could do that through a number of different traditions out there this isn't the only one but I think it probably does one of the best jobs at explaining the principles of natural law which is why I'm reading it during this section of the show we're gonna spend many more weeks on natural law probably at least again five six maybe seven more weeks I'm gonna really break this down slowly so that people have an opportunity to quote get it and in doing so what I really hope to accomplish is to build a firm foundation for what our rights are what our rights are not this is what we ultimately need to get down to the understanding of because all of the things that are going on 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 the earth, come down to that basic principle. People in general do not know what behaviors under natural law they can take which lead to order versus what behaviors they take which through their contradiction to natural law lead to chaos. That's it. That's why we're creating so much chaos here, folks. We don't understand what our rights are. We don't understand the difference between right and wrong. That's as sad as that is. That's the actual reality that we are living in. So let's move on to chapter one of the Kybalion, which begins the explanation of the Hermetic philosophy. Okay? Here we go. Quote, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. Unquote. From old Egypt have come the fundamental esoteric and occult teachings which have so strongly influenced the philosophies of all races, nations, and peoples for several thousand years. Egypt, the home of the pyramids and sphinx, was the birthplace of the hidden wisdom and mystic teachings. From her secret doctrine, all nations have borrowed India, Persia, Chaldea, Medea, China, Japan, Assyria ancient Greece and Rome and other ancient countries partook liberally at the feast of knowledge which the hierophants and masters of the land of Isis so freely provided for those who came prepared to partake of the great store of of mystic and occult lore which the masterminds of that ancient land had gathered together in ancient Egypt dwelt the great adepts and masters who have never been surpassed and whom who seldom have been equaled during the centuries that have taken their processional flight since the days of the great Hermes in Egypt was located the Great Lodge of lodges of the mystics at the doors of her temples entered the neophytes who afterward as hierophants adepts and masters traveled to the four corners of the earth carrying with them the precious knowledge which they were ready, anxious, and willing to pass on to those who were ready to receive the same. All students of the occult recognize the debt that they owe to these venerable masters of that ancient land. But among these great masters of ancient Egypt, there once dwelt one of whom masters hailed as the, quote, Master of Masters. This man, if, quote, man indeed he was, dwelt in Egypt in the earliest days. He was known as Hermes Trismegistus, and I'm breaking in here for a moment, folks. Trismegistus simply means thrice great, or great times three. Again, there's that magic number of three again, okay? He was great in his thoughts, his emotions, and his actions. He not only learned the truth, he had compassion for others, and then he acted upon his knowledge and his emotions, So he wasn't in contradiction. He was a unified being. That's why they called him a master. And again, this may simply be symbolic of getting to that state of consciousness. He may not have been an actual person, Hermes Trismegistus, as the Greeks, as the uh, Egyptians referred to him as Thoth, the scribe of the gods. Okay, so going back to the reading. He was the father of the occult wisdom, the founder of astrology, the discoverer of alchemy. The details of his life story are lost to history, owing to the lapse of the years, although several of the ancient countries disputed with each other in their claims to the honor of having furnished his birthplace, and this thousands of years ago. The date of his sojourn in Egypt, in that his last incarnation on this planet, is not known but it has been fixed at the early days of the oldest dynasties of Egypt long before the days of Moses the best authorities regard him as a contemporary of Abraham and some of the Jewish traditions go so far as to claim that Abraham acquired a portion of his mystic knowledge from Hermes himself as the years rolled by after his passing from this plane of life tradition recording that he lived 300 years in the flesh The Egyptians deified Hermes and made him one of their gods under the name of Thoth. Years later, the the people of ancient Greece (coughs) also made him one of their many gods, calling him Hermes, the god of wisdom. The Egyptians revered his memory for many centuries, yes, tens of centuries, calling him, quote, the scribe of the gods, and bestowing upon him distinctively his title Trismegistus, which means the thrice great, the great great, or the greatest great, etc. In all the ancient lands, the name of Hermes Trismegistus was revered, the name being synonymous with the, quote, fount of wisdom. Even to this day, we use the term hermetic in the sense of secret, sealed so that nothing can escape, etc., and by this reason, of the fact that the followers of Hermes always have observed the principle of secrecy in their teachings, they did not believe in, quote, casting pearls before swine, but rather held to the teaching, milk for babes, meat for strong men, both of which maxims are familiar to the readers of the Christian scriptures, but both of which had been used by the Egyptians for centuries before the Christian era. And this policy of careful dissemination of the truth has always categorized the Hermeticists even unto the present day the Hermetic teachings are to be found in all lands among all religions but never identified with any particular country nor with any particular religious sect this because of the warning of the ancient teachers against allowing the secret doctrine to become crystallized into a creed the wisdom of this caution is apparent to all students of history the ancient occultism of India and Persia degenerated and was largely lost owing to the the fact that the teachers became priests and so mixed theology with the philosophy Thus, the result being that the occultism of India and Persia has been gradually lost amid, amidst the mass of religious superstitions cults creeds and quote God's and I'm gonna break in on top one more time because I'd like to say this is exactly how the dark occult was created These. Again, knowledge, this wisdom, this body of wisdom was crystallized, calcified into dogma, into a creed of a set of rigid beliefs as opposed to simply an understanding of natural law principles that are in effect and put there by creation. Or in other words, science is what we're talking about here ladies and gentlemen science real science is what this tradition is ultimately about it degenerated into a religion because people in a lower state of consciousness gained access to it took took it over turned it into a religion and held the 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 inner body the inner core or esoteric part of this knowledge for themselves and that's what the dark occult is okay so continuing so it was with ancient Greece and Rome so it is so it was with the hermetic teachings of the Gnostics and early Christians which were lost at the time of Constantine whose iron hand smothered philosophy with the blanket of theology losing to the Christian Church that which was its very essence and spirit and causing it to grope throughout several centuries before it found the way back to its ancient faith The indications apparent to all careful observers in this 20th century being that the church is now struggling to get back to its ancient mystic teachings. We'll hold it right there. Pick it up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere folks. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. Right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. We'll be right back. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about the general principles of natural law on the show today, and we're reading from the Kybalion, a book of hermetic wisdom passed down through the generations and basically containing in it A fairly deep conveyance of the principles of natural law and reading the uh, from the first chapter it's talking about the degeneration of this body of knowledge into religion okay when it became calcified and when people were looking to basically set it up as a mechanism of control so that they can prosper at the expense of other people, keep them in the dark, get them to subscribe to a rigid set of beliefs. And that's exactly how some of this knowledge has been used. This is the knowledge that the dark occultists have that they're using against other people. And that doesn't mean we should not learn it, study it, recognize the truth in it, and then put that into practice in the right way, meaning according to natural law principles. According to our rights, not toward the usurpation of the rights of people on this planet, like it has been being used. And regarding this, most people will fall into the mind control methodologies of, well, that's occult and that's evil. Oh, that that occult means evil. No, that's mind control through words. Occult means hidden, as we've said a billion times. And we'll probably have to say 10 trillion more before people finally get that the occult, the body of occultism has been hidden from people in order to control them. And then called evil so that you never look into how you're being controlled. And yet people will still fall for it. They'll still fall for that because their religion tells them that. And I'd like to read a quote, this was posted by someone in the chat room last week, uh, a quote from Alexander Pope, British author, who said that, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the Perian spring. There shallow drafts intoxicate the brain and drinking largely sobers us again. What he's saying here is the people who think they have all figured out about what the New World Order is all about, and haven't really gone far enough into understanding that it's all a ruse, all of the systems of limitation and control are all a ruse there to get you not to take action, not to actually take your rights under natural law, regardless of who's trying to usurp them, and actually stop the usurpers. From doing what they have no right to do. As Nazis. That's what they are. That's what they've always been. Regardless of what time period in history. We're talking about. Or what place we're talking about. And the people who think. They have this totally figured out. And who refuse to look into the occult. That's what I, I would. That's a perfect thing. That I would. Say applies to them. They drink shallow drafts and their brains are intoxicated by that little bit of learning or that little bit of knowledge that they've taken in and they think they have the whole picture when they're still operating from a completely controlled paradigm that's put there by the very people that that are still controlling them and they think they're going to get outside of that cage they think they're somehow going to develop freedom in that kind of a system of mental bondage good luck with that let me know how that works out for you that's the end of this short segment. We'll pick up the reading of the Kybalion after this next break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. folks were back on what on earth is happening. Continuing with our reading from the Kybalion, we were talking about how this ancient body of knowledge had degenerated into religion and how that ultimately became dark occult. So I'm going to pick it up. Here we go. But there were always A few faithful souls who kept alive the flame, tending it carefully and not allowing its light to become extinguished. And thanks to these staunch hearts and fearless minds, we have the truth still with us. But it is not found in books to any great extent. It has been passed along from master to student, from initiate to hierophant, from lip to ear. When it was written down at all, its meaning was veiled in terms of alchemy and astrology, so that only those possessing the key could read it aright. This was made necessary in order to avoid the persecution of the theologians of the Middle Ages who fought the secret doctrine with fire and sword, stake, gibbet, and cross. Even to this day, there will be found a few reliable books There will be found but few reliable books on Hermetic philosophy, although there are countless references to it in many books written on various phases of occultism. And yet the Hermetic philosophy is the only master key which will open all the doors of the occult teachings. In the early days there was a compilation of... Certain basic hermetic doctrines passed on from teacher to student, which was known as the Kybalion, the exact significance and meaning of the term having been lost for several centuries. This teaching, however, is known to many to whom it has descended from mouth to ear on and on throughout the centuries. Its precepts have never been written down or printed so far as we know. It was merely a collection of maxims, axioms, and precepts, which were non-understandable to outsiders, but which were readily understood by students after the axioms, maxims, and precepts had been explained and exemplified by the Hermetic initiates to their neophytes. These teachings really constituted the basic principles of the art of Hermetic alchemy which, contrary to the general belief, dealt in the mastery of mental forces rather than material elements, the transmutation of one kind of mental vibrations into others instead of the changing of one kind of metal into another. The legend of the Philosopher's Stone, which could turn base metals into gold, was an allegory relating to Hermetic philosophy, readily understood by all students of true Hermeticism. In this little book, of which is the first lesson, we invite our students to examine into the Hermetic teachings as set forth in the Kybalion, and as explained by ourselves, humble students of the teachings who, while bearing the title of initiates, are still students at the feet of Hermes, the master. We herein give you many of the maxims, axioms, and precepts of the Kybalion, accompanied by explanations and illustrations which we deem likely to render the teachings more easily comprehended by the modern student particularly as the original text is purposely veiled in obscure terms the original maxims axioms and precepts of the kybalion are printed herein in quotation marks the proper credit being given our own work is printed in the regular way in the body of the work we trust that the many students to whom we now offer this little work will derive as much benefit from the study of its pages as have the many who have gone on before, treading the same path to mastery throughout the centuries that have passed since the time of Hermes Trismegistus, the master of masters, the great great. In the words of the Kybalion, quote, "Where where fall the footsteps of the master, the ears of those ready for his teachings open wide the Kybalion, and quote, when the ears of the student are ready to hear, then cometh the lips to fill them with wisdom, end quote, the Kybalion. So that, according to the teachings, the passage of this book to those ready for the instruction will attract the attention of such as are prepared to receive the teaching. And likewise, when the pupil is ready to receive the truth, then will this little book come to him or her, such is the law. The Hermetic Principle of Cause and Effect, in its aspect of the Law of Attraction, will bring lips and ears together, pupil and book in company. So mote it be. So what they're basically saying is what I was talking about um, last week. That There's a legend that goes along with this book that it comes to those who are ready to receive its teachings. And the people who will actually hear and take this seriously and then act upon the wisdom that's contained in this uh, book will are those who were ready to receive it. So it's, it's as if this book finds you, you don't find this book. And as I said, that certainly was the case for me. When I was ready to receive it, it found me. And uh, it found me through my partner, Barb. So... Let's move on to chapter 2 of this deep piece of wisdom about natural law in which the natural law principles are going to be outlined and then explained in short. And then I'll comment upon uh, those explanations. So this is chapter 2 known as the, the seven hermetic principles. That's the title of this chapter. Quote, the principles of truth are seven he who knows these, understandably, possesses the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. End quote, the Kybalion. The seven Hermetic principles upon which the entire Hermetic philosophy is based are as follows one, the principle of mentalism, two, the principle of correspondence, three, the principle of vibration, four, the principle of polarity. Five, the principle of rhythm. Six, the principle of cause and effect. Seven, the principle of gender. These seven principles will be discussed and explained as we proceed with these lessons. A short explanation of each however may as well be given at this point. So now they're going to begin the short explanations and I'll pause after each one to comment upon each one. One, the principle of mentalism, quote, the all is mind, the universe is mental, end quote. This principle embodies the truth that, quote, all is mind, unquote. It explains that the all, which is the substantial reality underlying all the outward manifestations and appearances which we know under the terms of the material universe the phenomena of life matter energy and in short all that is apparent to our material senses is spirit which in itself in itself is unknowable and undefinable but which may be considered and thought of as A universal, infinite, living mind. It's a good place to pause and ponder those words. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Welcome back folks. We were looking at the first general principle of natural law, the principle of mentalism. I'm going to go back to the reading in the Kybalion that explains this principle. This principle embodies the truth that all is mind. It explains that the all is spirit which in itself is unknowable and undefinable but which may be considered and thought of as a universal infinite living mind. It also explains that all the phenomenal world or universe is simply a mental creation of the all subject to the laws of created things. And that the universe as a whole and in its parts or units has its existence in in the mind of the all. In which mind we live and move and have our being. Okay, I'm going to read that sentence again because it's so important. Okay? It also explains that all the phenomenal world or universe is simply a mental creation of the all subject to the laws of created things and that the universe as a whole and in its parts or units has its existence in the mind of the all in which mind we live and move and have our being this principle By establishing the mental nature of the universe easily explains all of the varied mental and psychic phenomena that occupy such a large portion of the public attention and which without such explanation are non-understandable and defy scientific treatment. An understanding of this great hermetic principle of mentalism enables the individual to readily grasp the laws of the mental universe and to apply the same to his well-being and advancement. The hermetic student is enabled to apply intelligently the great mental laws instead of using them in a haphazard manner. With the master key in his possession, the student may unlock the many doors of the mental and psychic temple of knowledge and enter the same freely and intelligently. This principle explains the true nature of energy, power, and matter, and why and how all these are subordinate to the mastery of mind. This is why we've gone through so much trouble explaining mind control, folks, because all of the external manifestations are ultimately created in the mind. And if the mind is controlled, what is created will be controlled by those who have the knowledge on how to control the mind. That's why I just spent a year and a half talking about mind control. Okay, back to the reading. As a matter of fact, let me read that sentence again because it's so important. With the master key in his possession, the student may unlock the many doors of the mental and psychic temple of knowledge and enter the same freely and intelligently. The principle of mentalism explains the true nature of energy, power, and matter, and why and how all of these are subordinate to the mastery of mind. One of the old hermetic masters wrote long decades ago, he who grasps the truth of the mental nature of the universe is well advanced on the path to mastery. And these words are as true today as at the time they were first written. Without this master key, mastery is impossible. And the student knocks in vain at the many doors of the temple. It's explaining there is only one being here at the highest fundamental level of creation. The all, call it God, whatever you want to call it, we exist within this spiritual construct. And this spiritual construct gives rise to what we call matter through vibration, which we're going to get to in a, a few moments. We think that everything is separate. This, is, this goes to the fundamental basic worldview that we hold. Is everything completely separate from everything else, which leads to materialism, which leads to us versus them mentality, which leads to the non-understanding that as we're doing to someone else, we're doing to us, because there is no separation at the highest level. This is one being having an experience. That's why it's called a universe. One being experiencing something, a change, a great change. From versare in Latin meaning to change. And yeah, I understand it means to turn, but that doesn't mean like physical turning. It means turning into something else, changing, like the seasons turn. One change, the universe, the all, a spiritual construct that exists in mind. This is the mind of God. Call it whatever you want. Again, that force, what that force is, you're not gonna know in as a monad, a individual unit of consciousness. The all knows that what it actually is. That's that's what it's doing. It's gaining more experience of what it actually is. That's why it's going through this one change called the universe. It's acquiring m- more knowledge of itself. Just as that's what our goal should be. If we want to reflect the divine, we need to acquire more knowledge of ourselves because we're going so far away from the the source. The actual true divine mind. We're descending deeper and deeper into materialism, barbarism, and real chaos. As a people, as a species. Because we think we know it all. Because we know so many things that we think we know about science. We have all this knowledge, quote unquote. And very little wisdom. Meaning how to actually apply that knowledge to create something that we really want to create for ourselves that truly serves us and doesn't act as a detriment to our evolutionary progress in consciousness. Because consciousness is often left out of this equation altogether. Oh, it's all about more knowledge of the physical, but never more knowledge of the mental realm, of the psychological realm, of the emotional realm. No, we want to run away from that. We don't want to really look at that in ourselves. And we certainly don't want to understand that we're always all connected to that infinite source in a one-to-one connection that doesn't require priests or intercessors or intermediaries of any kind. No, because we want to look at, uh, we want something to come and rescue us and save us from ourselves, Not to actually do any real work in in transforming our own consciousness on our own to get up to a higher level of understanding. God forbid that. Because that's called real work. That's called really looking at oneself. And humanity wants nothing to do with that as a species. They want license. They want license to ignore that work which is licensed to just completely abdicate personal responsibility. And until we consciously decide to change that, don't expect the external reality to change because it's not changing a bit until we change the internal world of mind. Deeply understand that, folks. And trying to rage against that isn't going to make it any better. Learn these principles, know them well, know how they operate, know how our living in harmony with them and understanding them deeply leads to order, true order, not the fake garbage of the one world order or new world order that they're trying to create, that the dominators are trying to create. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. On this August 28th, 2011 edition, we are talking about the general principles of natural law. Specifically, we've been discussing the principle of mentalism, that the all is mind. The universe is ultimately a mental construct of spirit. And that mind, that universal living mind, is simply experiencing itself through this construct. The deep understanding of this principle can go a long way toward breaking down a calcified materialist worldview if it is deeply, deeply contemplated upon. Not just reading words. It's what the warning in the beginning of the book is about. If you're not willing to really do work with this material to integrate it, it's all just words. Okay? That's why this principle is so important, first and foremost. Secondarily, it is important because we need to understand that we, through what we are taking into our minds and then acting upon are creating the circumstances of our experience here and that's great news nothing external is doing this to us we are doing this to us it's our choice we want this to change we have to we have to get enough people to the point of knowledge and understanding to say I do know how this works, how these principles work. I do know that this is our own creation and that we can make it into whatever we want and then do that. That's called wisdom, acting upon what you already know and understand. And if you're, you know, at the point where, oh, this means that nothing can be known and there is no such thing as knowledge, again, good luck with that solipsism because that's the biggest lie and it's the biggest path to mind control. And I already explained to you through the religion of the dominators, Satanism and dark Luciferianism, this is actually one of their sins and one of the things that they want you to get, they want to get you to accept above all else, that nothing can be known. Well... The people who don't know anything will never say no to anything. Think about that. These words don't sound the same for no reason. For you to actually use the word no, you need to know something. Not think it or believe it or have heard about it somewhere. You need to know it in your being, in the core of your being, that it's truth. And there is such a thing as truth, and it does exist, and it is knowable, and it can be integrated and, and be, be, be made a part of us. We are a part of it. We're not ever really separate from it. It's just we think we are. Just like we think we're a separate thing in creation when we're all integrated in it, we live in it. Not, not there's a creator and a creation. It's all one thing. How could the creator be someplace else besides the in within the creation? That would mean he's not it that force is not someplace. He she it. It doesn't exist someplace, which wouldn't be possible. And people even make the argument, "Oh, it's possible. God can do anything." It's all. It's the all. Everything that means. Well, the one thing it can't do is get outside of the all because it is the all. This is b- simple logic can tell you this even if you're not thinking about it from a right brain perspective. You want it from fr- from a left brain perspective, excuse me, but you want to see it from a right brain perspective, take a huge hit of DMT. You'll see it from the right brain perspective real fast how this is all one thing and how you're in it, not a separate part of it. You know, people should approach that with reverence as well, but they, they don't think it's a toy. We'll get to that as one of our, you know, practical methodologies for getting outside of a deeply imbalanced consciousness. Antheogens in a very conscious context much later in our solutions. That's one of the le- later solutions in the ten solutions that I generally propose. This outline in natural law is, is the master solution. It encompasses all of the other ones because if, if you don't enact the other grassroots solutions in a deep understanding of natural law, they're all in vain. We're going to talk about methodologies for knowing things which been, have been hidden as well, which is the trivium method. You know, and again, the trivium and quadrivium together form seven. There's that mystical number again, just like seven principles of creation, seven chakras, seven days of creation, etc. There's a reason these numbers exist. You have your methods and then you have your quantifying means. The trivium and the quadrivium. So let's go back to looking at the principles outlined in the Kybalion. We talked about the importance of the principle of mentalism, which is where we left off last week. Let's look at the principle of correspondence now, which is principle number two. And I'm going to go back to the reading in the Kaibalion now. Here we go. Quote, as above, so below. As below, so above. End quote. This principle embodies the truth that there is always a correspondence between the laws and phenomena, and phenomena of the various planes of being and life. The old hermetic axiom ran in these words, quote, as above, so below, as below, so above, end quote. And the grasping of this principle gives one the means of solving many a dark paradox and hidden secret of nature, there are planes beyond our knowing, but when we apply the principle of correspondence to them, we are able to understand much that would otherwise be unknowable to us. This principle is of universal application and manifestation on the various planes of the mental, of the material, mental and spiritual universe. It is a universal law. The ancient Hermeticists considered this principle as one of the most important mental instruments by which man was able to pry aside the obstacles which hid from view the unknown. Its use even tore aside the veil of Isis to the extent that a glimpse of the face of the goddess might be caught. Just as a knowledge of the principles of geometry enables man to measure distant suns and their movements. While seated in his observatory, so a knowledge of the principle of correspondence enables man to reason intelligently from the known to the unknown. Studying the monad, he understands the archangel. Think about it, folks. The more we understand about the internal world, the more we will understand about why... What has been created in the external world is the way that it is. The universe is self similar across all scales. It is consistent with itself across all scales and planes of being. And why would it be otherwise? Nature exists in perfect order. Only the product of disease would create the level of imbalance and disorder that we have created here on this planet. And this is what the fall of man is all about. Coming out of harmony with the natural law principles and the true understanding of mind and all. And then through fear, abandoning that understanding, abandoning those principles. And through that fear, creating chaos here. Part of getting back to a truly ordered society involves the understanding that that which is within is like to that which is without. This is another way of stating the principle of correspondence. Meaning, we are creating the external manifestation through how we live what we believe and think and then acting upon the 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 what's already in our mental and psychological makeup then acting upon that in the physical reality in which we operate it can be really said very simply i said this once to someone who responded I'll tell you what his response was after I tell you what I said to him. This is somebody who I was trying to explain to him that we are creating the reality all around us, that no one else is doing this to us, and that as we think and feel internally and then act, that's the kind of world we're going to get. It's real simple. I said to him, people create the world here. And his response was, I have no idea what you mean by that. And I said, exactly. That's why we have the kind of problems that we do here. We'll be right back, folks. We're back, folks. This is the last segment of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today we've been talking about the general principles of natural law. We've already gotten through two of them. Perhaps I'll endeavor in this last segment to get through the uh, uh, the third, and then we'll pick it up next week with uh, principles uh, four through seven. But uh, I want to make a statement of... Uh, about principle number two, one and two really, the principle of mentalism and correspondence, which we've covered so far, how great does it feel to know that our reality is simply a construct in which, if we only endeavor to understand the laws which have basically made that construct, and that we exist within. We can have whatever we want. Whatever we wish to have. We can make of this place whatever the, the most wildest imaginings of our mind can endeavor to envision. That as, is actually phenomenal news. We can make a paradise of this place. Not in ignorance though. Certainly not in ignorance of ourselves and the laws of nature, not going to happen. But how great is it to know that that's how this place is constructed, that it's not going to say no to us no matter what we want to create. Now, conversely, how sad is it to realize this is what we've made with what we've been given? Because... We have rejected our responsibilities as stewards of this planet and as stewards of each other, as our own caretakers, and we want somebody else to come in and take care of us. We don't want to take care. We don't want to have care in our hands and actually have to use that in a responsible way. We want to give it to someone else. See, because care is that inner child. That's why they cremate care at Bohemian Grove as the child. They want people to continue to sacrifice their personal responsibility. They don't want you to have care, to take care. They want to kill care. And unfortunately, the rejection of these principles exactly represents that. Murdering. The child within us, murdering true care, because that's the ultimate generative principle that binds all of the other principles of natural law. They are all encompassed within the generative principle. That's why when you see the seed of life pattern, or what is known as the Genesis pattern, okay, there are seven circles within it. And then it is contained within the all-encompassing one circle, the eighth circle. Again, eight representing infinity or something that is hermetically sealed. That's the generative principle, the principle of creation. All of these laws, all of these principles have to do with how we are creating our reality. That's what this entire show is all about. It's what I said on day one, what this show would be about. Explaining the causal principles, the causal factors that underlie why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. Or in other words, how we're creating exactly what we're getting. It's good news, folks. Regarding the principle of correspondence, let's see if I can remember this quote from the New Testament. Jesus is uh, or maybe it's not. I don't think it's from the New Testament. It's from one of the Gnostic uh, gospels, I believe. Uh, I think it's from the Gospel of Thomas. He says, "If you bring forth that which is within you, that which is within you will save you. But if you do not bring forth that which is within you, that which is that which you do not bring forth will destroy you." This is a perfect reflection of the principle of correspondence. That which is within is like to that which is without. If we go within, understand that we're the ones creating this situation, we can rearrange it and make of it whatever we want a paradise for ourselves if we choose. Yet people want to stay calcified in this old way of seeing the world, seeing each other, and being in this reality and therefore continue to create suffering for themselves and that's the definition of insanity and I quite frankly don't really understand it and I'm quite frankly tired of it of being subject to these people's ignorance cuz that's what it is the ignorant of this world are holding hostage the people that do understand these principles of creation this is a hostage situation folks Consciousness is trying to evolve here and it's being held back against its will, against its wishes. And that's wrong. That's wrong. That's called taking something that you're not allowed to take. The freedom of, some, of a being, of a consciousness to move forward and not have to deal with the crap that we've created here as a species. All because we don't want personal responsibility. That's why religion exists, ladies and gentlemen. People want to still put things in a box and say, "Oh, if this person's reading something from this tradition, that makes it automatically evil," and and, and distrust. You know, I don't want to trust that person, or this is, you know, people shouldn't be listening to this. Never actually wanting to hear any of the wisdom that's contained in it about why the world is the way that it is, so they can step back and say, oh, that's not my problem, that's not my doing, that's exactly your doing, exactly. The people that don't want to understand how these principles work are the people who are making this world the way it is. Get over it. That's how it works, folks. So let's look at principle number three and then we'll wrap it up there if we get through it and we'll continue with the next four next week principle number three from the Kaibalion is known as the principle of vibration nothing rests everything moves everything vibrates this principle embodies the truth that everything is in motion everything vibrates nothing is at rest facts which modern science endorses and which each new scientific discovery tends to verify. And yet this hermetic principle was enunciated thousands of years ago by the ancient masters of ancient by the masters of ancient Egypt. This principle explains that the differences between different manifestations of matter, energy, mind and even spirit result largely from varying rates of vibration. From the all which is pure spirit, down to the grossest form of matter, all is in vibration. The higher the vibration, the higher the position in the scale. The vibration of spirit is at such an infinite rate of intensity and rapidity that it is practically at rest, just as a rapidly moving wheel seems to be motionless. And at the other side, and at the other end of the scale there are gross forms of matter whose vibration are so low as to seem at rest. Between these poles there are millions upon millions of varying degrees of vibration from corpuscle and electron, atom and molecule, to worlds and universes. Everything is in vibratory motion. This is also true on the planes of energy and force. Which are but varying degrees of vibration and also on the mental planes whose states depend upon vibrations and even onto the spiritual planes. An understanding of this principle with the appropriate formulas enables hermetic students to control their own mental vibrations as well as those of others. The masters also study this principle, to the conquering of natural phenomena in various ways. He who understands the principle of vibration has grasped the scepter of power, says one of the old writers. If you understand this principle and it has been knowledge, you've taken the knowledge in, but have not converted it into wisdom, and then you're using it as a weapon, That's exactly how the dark occultists accomplish what they do on this planet. It's called mind control, folks. If you understand these principles and yet you're at a low level of consciousness, knowledge without wisdom, you can wield them to great effect as a weapon. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Went by quick. Join us again next Sunday on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Stick around here on Oracle Broadcast, and up next is Chris Everard. See you next week, folks.